Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Grassroots Podcast, where we dive into the root of the trends, business strategies, products, and personalities in the green industry. I'm Ryan Wisner, editor of Green Industry Pros. I recently spoke with Charles Brian Quinn, or CBQ as he's known, the CEO and co-founder of GreenSea. GreenSea is continuing to have success in taking robotic mowing to the next level, where they are developing a kit that enables commercial mowers to operate autonomously. Let's hear what he has to say about the latest developments, including a partnership with Wright Manufacturing. CBQ, thanks a lot for joining me today on the Grassroots Podcast here on GreenIndustryPros.com. Uh, I haven't talked with you in a while about the robotic mowing, but uh, certainly uh, I recall a couple of years back, uh, you and I talked at GIE Expo. That's right. And uh, I'd love to uh, kind of talk to you again to discuss where robotic mowing is going and what the Green Z's involvement with that is. Thanks for having me on here. I do remember our chat fondly. I, I still recall the, the chainsaws, I believe, in the background sort of going off. If you haven't been to the, the, the GIE Expo, it is phenomenal and sad to, to see it miss this year, but hopefully uh, it boot up again this year, we're gonna be there, so. But yeah, I would love to talk to you about robotic mowing. I'm an open book, I'm an engineer. Uh, you know, I'm the founder and CEO of GreenZ, and our mission, our big mission is to free humans from repetitive outdoor labor. But listen, the actual goal is to reduce the labor costs of lawn maintenance. And we're doing it in a very unique way. I, I've known you had some uh, other uh, people on the podcast and uh, robotic companies l- love them. Uh, I'm not as good as, as sales and, and, and marketing at them. I'm, again, I'm just an engineer. So I'm just going to tell you like it is. I, I'll tell you exactly where we are and uh, would love to chat more with you about what we've been up to. It has been some time. So love, love to hear. What kind of questions do you have? We, we've been busy. Absolutely. So I guess to start with, why don't you give me a little, uh, a little review of uh, where Greensea is at in terms of what you do differently. I mean, there is a lot of the robotic mowing out there, but Greensea, you, you take a different approach. You go from the software angle. So could That's you explain exactly that correct. a little bit? Sure. Yeah, we're a software company at heart. When we started this company, uh, we uh, set out to help uh, lawn maintenance companies really reduce the cost of labor. And when we asked them what they wanted, you know, a lot of them said, man, I love my my right stander. I love my Toro. I love my X mark, you know, depending on where you are and how good your dealer is. There's a ton of equipment. There's actually 38 major manufacturers of commercial zero turn and lawn maintenance equipment, but I don't have to tell your audience that. And so what I asked them is I said, you know, hey, listen, what do you need help with? Like, what, what's going on? And they said, well, look, the labor shortage is just nuts. Uh, they said, you know, it's hard to find good people who want to do the work and make lawns beautiful and really just work hard. Um, and so we, we did ride-alongs with them and we asked them, like, what would you want? And they said, man, it'd be great. You know, I finally got to the root of it. And they said, it'd be great if it just had, I don't know, autopilot on my current mower. You know, I, I've got, you know, my current car has this lane assist. Um, a friend has this Tesla. Like, why is this? Why is this not out there? They've got these dumb robo mowers that require this boundary wire in the yard. Like how hard would it be to put it on these big commercial? And so that was the question that kept me up at night for many, many, many nights. And uh, you know, three years ago, we started the company to basically do that. And so what we've done is we are a software and aftermarket sort of off the shelf sensor package that goes on commercial mowers to add auto striping, which is the term we use for mow the boundary and we just cut out the middle. So uh, it isn't, you know, I like to use the word autonomous, but to be completely honest with you, it's a really dumb robotic worker and it's very good at striping inside the lawn uh, and it works on existing commercial mowers. You don't need to buy another, you know, gajillion dollar robot. Uh, it works on the mowers you have now. And we're very excited to announce, uh, we announced earlier this year, excuse me, last year, 
that we partnered up with Wright Manufacturing, which is, I believe, the best commercial manufacturer. Sorry, all the guys who, who love uh, their deers. But um, in terms of commercial mowing, just a solid machine, a phenomenal company, very forward thinking. They're one of the most progressive. They came out with the standard. They came out with the Velky sort of platform. Even before that, sure. they were doing software. So super innovative and, and Ed and his team have really said, hey, the next labor productivity will be in robotics. And so we partnered up in a very big way. Okay. So I'll stop there. I'm sure you have questions about it, but yeah, that's, that's our difference. We're not building another, you know, robot that, you know, may not, may or may not work that you got to load up in the truck. Uh, we are on commercial mowers and exclusively on the right standards EK for this season. Okay. Okay. So, I, I guess to, so. What, why uh, specifically on the uh, standard then, versus, yeah, versus uh, sit down zero turn? Yeah, that's a great question. The when I looked around and asked my my customers, you know, what's the most efficient one? You know, what are you doing? What what kind are you buying? When I looked at the market, you know, stand ons were very uh, well touted. The other sort of just easy answer is that they're an ideal automation for plat for ideal platform for automation. Um, you know, the way our system works is that you get on the mower. You can still use it. Uh, you know, there's a switch that's manual and there's a switch that's automatic. So very important that we do that for safety reasons. But you can still use the mower manual, and people love them. Uh, they're very productive. They're great for doing you know tight stuff. You know, no offense to anybody who's doing robotics out there, but man, that stuff's hard to do when you get you know near those uh, flower beds or any of that stuff. And us humans, we're just better at it. Uh, I mean, we probably will be for some time making things look pretty, like we know how to do that. Robots just know how to do things repetitive and boring and, and again and again, once you program. So let's just let them do that. So again, when we, uh, when we looked at the platforms, the stand-on is ideal. You jump on, you mow your outer boundary, you step off and boom, it finishes and stripes that for you. The kinematics on it is really good to, to be honest with you too. The weight, the way the weight sits, um, you know, the, the, and also too, there's just a lot of extra components on the, uh, the we don't need the chair uh, and we don't need cup holders on the, uh, on the, on the sit down. So that's the other reason. Sure, sure. That's fair. Okay. But to be honest, you know, our software works on, uh, you know, differential drive, uh, to be honest with you, the, the wheels left and right. And so lap bar left, lap bar right. And so it doesn't really matter. We can code that in there. We've been very hyper, uh, uh, hyper um, focused on the stand on market. And so that's just been the, the method that we chose. Okay. Okay. And like you said, right now you're partnered with, uh, with, with right manufacturing, but is, is your overall system something that would work on other brands then? I mean, is that it? Absolutely. That's in the roadmap. And uh, for sure, um, you know, uh, Wright is uh, innovative and, and, and first and they will be and, and they'll probably be the pioneer in it, um, having helped co-develop it. So they'll sure. probably always have the best. Uh, you know, I've definitely talked, spoke to all the others. Um, and but, you know, when Wright said, let's do this and let's do it right and let's do it for commercial, uh, I said, let's go. So we put our heads down together and we're doing it um, and we'll continue to do that and, and until it's until it's right, until it's working. Got it. OK. All right. Fair enough. So, so let's walk through a, a, a day with a, uh, a right mower that's operated by the Green Z system then. What, what, do you, what does a, a contractor do when, you get, when he gets to a site? Well, that's the fun part and it gives me smiles to think about. So when we do demos and we have, uh, some, we have working units now that, that do this exactly, what we do is we roll it, we turn it on and we roll it off the truck and our uh, system boots up. Uh, it's a small computer that's ruggedized, mainly like you'd see in the traffic controller lights, uh, you know, and, and used in trains and other industrial settings. 
it flips on and boots in about eight seconds. Uh, and then some of the sensors come on and, and get their fix is what they're call it. So by the time you back out of the trailer, because uh, you're doing it manually, again, this mower still mows manually and does a great job at it. A small light comes on that says I'm ready to ready to mow. Basically, I'm ready to auto stripe is what we call it. And so what you do is you uh, look at the, the spot where you're going to mow and you can do as much as you want. You can go clean up, you can do edging, all that other, all the, the sort of detail work if you'd like. But when you're ready to let the mower take over, what you do is you press one button and that's map. And what that does is that starts to draw the software based boundary. So there's no boundary wire needed. It records using basically uh, sensor fusion, which is a robotics term that fuses in all the sensors we've got. We've got a centimeter level GPS, we've got odometry, IMU, some other really fun stuff that we do that fuses it all together. So we have a very accurate location of where the mower is. You mow that outer perimeter and it can be different every time. Having done this before, we originally wanted to do this thing that some of these other competitors are doing where you like, you know, have pre-map it. And I don't know how they do it, frankly, because it's really hard, but we'll see. But uh, we tried to do that. But honestly, we'd show up on some sites and there's water or there's heck, there's there's it's shaded and you don't need to go there. And it's different every time. And so there's like mud. And so what we do is you mow the perimeter every time and you can do a different one. You can do a smaller one. You can do it in sections. You can do whatever you want, but you can mow as big okay. a perimeter around the edge of whatever you want. And then when you get back to the start, the mower says, hey, it just starts blinking on one of the things and says, hey, I'm ready. Um, and it does a very smart stripe selection to do like the longest, most efficient stripe. You can change that. Um, we have some features coming up later this season where it'll auto change the pattern to do left, right, or excuse me, 12 to six and six to nine based on where you start. All that's coming. And you can configure that with your phone. That works now. But all it does is you, then you step off and you press a button on the remote control. We, it comes with a remote control for lightning fast e-stop. That's a safety standard that we've been working on and, and using some of the older standards for industrial robotic mowers that are, excuse me, industrial robotics uh, in, in sort of automated warehouse settings. We yeah. just copied all that. And so you press that button and all it does is stripe inside that boundary. Um, and we were out doing it yesterday because we're down here in Atlanta. And so the lawn didn't need mowing, but we went out and striped a huge lawn. Um, uh, one of our, our customers let us do it. So we're, we're testing a bunch more features and, 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 and functionality that we're rolling out this season. But yeah, that's it. I mean, then it comes back to the start and is ready to load up on the trailer and go to the next site. So it's fun. It's um, it works. And, uh, you know, I, while I wish I could say, oh, man, it's all automatic. This thing will just do everything for you. Well, like everybody kind of wants. Uh, it's really just does one thing really well. And that is stripe the inner side that the cut the middle out of it. So you can be doing edging, weeding, blowing, customer enhancements call in your customers, uh, you know, whatever it is, and you can do it with less people too. So on these big job sites, I mean, we did it all season long with one person and hell, I had to do it one time because our technician had a baby. And so I, I went out and did a, a, a full round all day. And, you know, I'm, I'm you can look at me, but I'm, I'm my fingers are, uh, you know, I'm not suited to this work uh, like your, your, your people, your audience may be. And so I was, I ran out of water, uh, but I was not very tired. I, I did it from, you know, seven to five and, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was easy because the mower did all the hard work. Uh, it was hot, but I, I sat in the shade and, and watched it and kind of supervised and uh, sat on my phone. So it was easy. Sure. sure. Well, and so that's one of the things, like you said, it's doing the striping. And, and so the, uh, the, the crew members don't have to keep an eye on it. I mean, they, they're going to be relatively nearby, but like they'll, they'll be doing the trimming and, and the edging and that sort of thing. And, and the mower's just still going and you don't you just have to wait for it to get to that end point and be done with the striping and then 
then you walk back to it, but it's just going to stop at that end point. It won't like keep going somewhere, correct? That's right. Yeah. And, and let me be uh, 100% clear. We call it side-eyeing for now. Um, we don't have the data and the, the numbers, the hours. We're getting it. We're, we're doing it right now. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of hours. We're doing it in simulation, which does not beat the actual real thing. You know, that's why we go out all day yesterday. We brought, brought two mowers out yesterday and ran them both, one on a baseball field, one on a four acre you know lot and just did it again and again we're getting those hours um and we need those hell i need them you know i'm not gonna lie to you like you know we need a lot more data we need a lot more hours um you know safety first is huge i mean these are dangerous machines as uh you know you you guys know everybody on the an audience knows and they're prone to rollovers oh, yeah. and cuts and so yeah we we have a ton of safety systems we have six cameras and some ultrasonics which and by the way, I, I'll admit this, we're just applied roboticists and applied means we're not out there researching or reinventing. We're not out there trying to rebuild or reinvent the wheel like some of our competitors. We take a mower that has a amazing cut, great wheels or regular air pneumatic wheels that work. Uh, and all we do is we apply robotics to it. So we're not reinventing camera systems. We're buying the best of the best. These are Intel robotics cameras, uh, you know, that are made for this basically. And do wonderful obstacle detection and depth sensing and can see in the dark and, and ultrasonics. It's the same ones that are on, uh, my wife has a Beamer and, uh, you know, it's the same ones, you know, uh, my, my F my 2019 F1 F250 has the same thing too. These ultrasonics that just show you where you are and we just use them. They're automotive grade and, and they work. So why not? Um, okay. all we do with applied roboticists is we take things that existing that work and apply them to it. Um, we're not doing any of this fancy AI or ML stuff. I, I don't really know how that works. I'm, I've been in software for, for all my life and I still think those are black boxes and, and uh, you know, I'd rather know how the mower's working and what it's doing and, and probabilistic robotics is, is the way to do it. It's how every roboticist who comes out of school knows how to do robotics, you know, go to Waypoint, go to Waypoint and that's what it does. When you see it work, you're like, oh, that makes sense. It's not like so it's a... I, I recall back when we talked a couple of years ago, uh, one of the things you were still in developing, and I, if, I, I think uh, the answer is going to be that, yeah, you've gotten there based on the cameras and such, is, uh, is the issue with obstacles. And, and so if there is, if you do have a property where there might be a tree or two here or there, it's a larger swath and you're going to stripe it, but there is a tree in, in the middle somewhere, but you've gone around the perimeter and it's just smack in the middle. What does the okay. market do with that? Yeah. So for a long time, we didn't care about that because our customers did. And they said, you know what? I got enough big fields. I got soccer fields. I got football fields. And that's kind of a difference between us and uh, maybe competitors is we, we kind of listen to our customers and we tell them what's possible. And they say, well, it'd be great if you could, but if you can't, like I still got labor issues and I still got fields to mow. I can go around it and let the mower do the rest of it. And I'll just clean that up or I'll do it in two sections, which is what we did all summer long. But yeah, we did. We did end up building that because they they said, okay, well, geez, you nailed it. Uh, you know, it's it's most great areas. Can you make it go around stuff? And we said, yeah, sure. So we did it. And so there's obstacle detection, which is de which is finding things and detecting them. And then there's obstacle avoidance. And so obstacle avoidance was a feature we rolled out this year. Um, it works great. Um, what it does is um, when it goes up and sees an obstacle, it'll stop, uh, which is what it does now. Uh, generally, we did that because we were doing a lot of big fields and there'd be like lawn chairs and, and universities and, and people would leave stuff like soccer balls and cans and kind of crazy stuff. So it just stops because we really need to move those. We don't want to mess up the stripes, you know, just to do that. So you'd walk over, you'd remove stuff or move the chair and then let it keep going. But we did also allow it so that it can go around. And we pulled one of the, uh, you know, standard algorithms for doing this. It's called A-STAR and it's every roboticist student knows it. And 
it's been there's papers on it and software you can download and all the self-driving car companies use it so sure. we just grabbed it and and we do a star and what it does is it takes it draws a basically a big circle around the obstacle um it's uh, we do a pretty big one now um and our customers want us to get that smaller and smaller but for safety reasons we stay kind of far apart we do know there's some labor productivity issues the the further you go out from these things man the more you got to edge or come back with the actual mower and finish up we do know that we're working on it but for now, safety first, it draws a big circle around it and uh, around the obstacle and goes around it. And then it'll keep going on the stripes on the other side. So, um, and that works. It's, it's great. Um, we're, we can do it automatic. We can also have a confirmation, which we do now just because we're still in the, the testing mode. Um, we've yeah. tricked it a few times. We can't, went down to Florida and we were in these sites and there was this really weird looking mound in, in a sort of site. And it just totally tricked us. It was right on the border. And we were like, our mower just got so confused. Uh, but we fix that. I mean, again, we go out in the field, we find it, we, we, we fix all these things so that when it comes out in the field uh, and is working the season for our, our customers who are in small private fleet with us, uh, it works and, and right. it does. So that's where we are. Yeah. So obstacle avoidance was, was added and there's a ton of videos on our YouTube if you want to see how it works. I've, I've been doing a bunch of videos on how it works and all that because our customers, that's a big question that they have. Sure. Oh, I bet. I bet. Well, and so with the, with the obstacle avoidance then, I mean, it's, uh, does that, you, um, you, you said it, I'm, it, it kind of goes around in that circle and, and but initially it was just uh, stopping mm -hmm. if it comes across like a chair or something. So in that in that case, is that just a matter of, again, the uh, the operator, wherever he is on the property, just sees that it's stopped or is mm -hmm. there some sort of notification to the. Yeah, um, there's not there's not a notification right now. I'm again, I'm an engineer. This is where I can't lie to you, but it's in our roadmap. In fact, uh, we're talking about it and it'll probably be rolled out very shortly, even before March, uh, when some of these do. Uh, we've talked about um, our customers said they don't want to be pulling out their app, their phone and haven't done this. I agree with them because uh, sure. when you're out there, it's hot. It's like you can't see your phone. Um, so there's no, uh, and, and also, you know, like there's no app for our stuff. It's, we don't do an app. It's, there's ways gotcha. to do it without it. Uh, you can watch our video, but we um, do it, use a QR code, just like you do at a menu system, but it, and then it pulls up the app to control it. It's a web app basically. But yeah, so we're going to probably going to do SMS alerts. Um, we also have a joystick um, the, that you wear, that you hold that can vibrate. And so we'll be doing something that our customers can do. And there's also some lighting on the, on the, on the, um, uh, on the machine that lights up. And so you can kind of tell if you look over and side eye it, there's some lights that can indicate it. And that's part of the training. But we're really trying to make it super, super simple. I yeah. think what our customers have wanted is they said, you know what, stop, wait. And if we don't, don't say anything in you know, a minute, you know, go around. Um, we're working on that. We're kind of nervous about that because of safety. Uh, but as soon as we get enough data and we feel comfortable doing that, and our customers say, go for it, which it's funny. They're, they're pushing for us more than say we are, um, which is crazy and, and not what I thought. But, um, you know, the, sure. I think the paper productivity is just, it's so big. They're like, yeah, no, you're fine. Like where we're going to be using this, let's <laughs> do it. Sure. Sure. Okay. And uh, in terms of the mapping aspect of it, just Going go back to that initially showing up and, and doing that perimeter, um, do you need, I mean, does it have an internet connection then? Or what's, how does that work with the GPS and all that? Oh man, you, you're, you're dangerous territory. You're talking to an engineer about getting technical. Let's do it. Uh, uh, stop me if I get too, too, uh, too technical. But again, if you're curious and some of this works, I do in, on our YouTube series go through how it works and get into a lot of the nitty gritty. But actually our mower has two full-time internet connections, which is pretty cool. Uh, both of them are on the 4G uh, and some, uh, I believe, uh, you know, some of these names are, are, are actually branding now. I think even AT&T calls there's 5GE, whichever that, whatever that is, but uh, multiple providers. We have a, a backup and um, 
Uh, it isn't Wi-Fi or any of that stuff, but one does something called NTRIP, uh, which is a correctional RTK GPS. It's the thing that gives you your centimeter level correctional data. Um, you know, regular terrestrial GPS, like the one on your phone has about three to five meters accuracy, which three to five meters is about what uh, is that nine to 25 feet. So if you use that, you'd be uh, in the parking lot, uh, <laughs> loaded up your map. But when you use that service, you actually can get down to the centimeter level. Um, now, for whatever reason, it's actually not globally accurate, which is why, uh, you know, what you, we, this mapping and this sort of pre thing to do is actually quite important. Uh, we think we can get around that one day because of uh, some, some tricks that we know and some software that's already been developed and some applied roboticist theory that we're just going to implement. But for now, you do have to map that. So the other thing is we do also have another full-time internet connection, um, and that's back to home base. So I'm here at our Greensy Lab HQ in Atlanta, Georgia with super fast internet. And, um, you know, we actually, it's a secure VPN, so it's private network, and that's where we stream back data. That's where you can also do visualization, so you can actually see on your phone where the mower is, what the map, when it's done, and all that works. And you can even turn it on, turn it off, and reconfigure the stripes and other kind of stuff. We're, we're again, trying to keep that real, real simple. Um, but, yeah, so it does have those two internet connections. Um, it also does updates, which is cool, so every day it boots up. When it turns on, it gets the newest software. The robotic worker gets better and better and better. You know, those are new features that get rolled out uh, pretty much every every day. I mean, yesterday we did a big release, um, you know, tons of more features. Um, we did another one this morning because we found bugs yesterday. So the team is very fast. That's that's my background actually is in that software and auto updating. And again, sure. we just copied that, you know, that's just server stuff that server 101, all the, you know, we just use Amazon servers to do that. You know, it's just stuff that we learned back in in, uh, in college on how to update software. So. All that's very standard and 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 work. So yes, it does have internet, um, and for sure. Um, but it it doesn't it doesn't phone the customers if that's what you're asking. All it does is Stripe. It's still not going to do any billing or any of that stuff. I, I committed that right. to you last time in the call, and I agree now. We're not going to invent robotic workers that ask for more money. That's your job after you uh, use this this technology to bid bigger jobs. <laughs> Well, and I'm glad you kind of mentioned uh, uh, invoicing and that sort of thing, because uh, the bottom line is it comes uh, for uh, the landscapers is uh, is the cost and and how this is how such a device is going to impact uh, their jobs and such in terms of uh, the biggest benefit here is certainly the labor. So what does this sure. do in terms of the labor savings in utilizing such a device? Yeah, cost is always a, a good question that a, a lot of our landscapers ask and, and people are asking, and I'm happy to dive into that. Um, listen, Ed Wright is bullish on this technology, and, and you can go watch his videos. He talks a lot about how to think about your, your small to mid-market business and how the true cost of labor, and I tend to agree with him having you know, run companies in the past. There's a lot of labor costs that a small, small companies don't think about until we as, as we get bigger. There's, there's statutory costs, like what does it cost to recruit and manage and do insurance. And so when you think about that, just that hourly cost that you'd pay somebody to be on the mower, it's actually a little higher than you think, especially if you have to staff them with other stuff or keep them busy and keep them motivated as a lot of your, your talk, your podcast is great about. I listen to it a lot about, you know, people talking about that side of the business. So there's a lot of effort and money that goes into that. So the labor cost is pretty big, but let's just talk numbers. Let's dive right in. Ed is bullish and, and very uh, good about getting this. This mower will be priced in the high teens so it is a more expensive mower, and I'm using that in quotes, because uh, it does have a robotic worker that lives in it. Um, that is an upfit. So we call that an upfitted right standard ZK, and that's their top of the line. So there's an additional cost to add all the sensors that enable it to be robotic ready and to be able to control with software. And then we put our Greensy software on it. 
the Greensy auto striping software to have a robotic worker on your mower that always shows up, never gets sick, never has the brown bottle flu, doesn't care if you use it 10 times in August and once in November for a cleanup is 12 grand a year. So that's what a thousand dollars a month for some of your seasonal markets or maybe 1200 if you're not using it in December. But uh, whatever you want to do, that's 12 grand a year and that will only get better. Um, that'll get faster, more efficient. Um, and again, you could even move that license over to another machine. Our vision one day is that you walk into a dealer and the, you pick out your mower, you say, I want that yellow one or that red one and whatever you want. And, and they say, great, do you want a 60 inch deck or 52 or 48? And you say, great, I'll take the 60. And, and then they say, great, that one's got Greensy on it. It's uh, already been updated with all the sensors. And they say, great. Um, they say, you activate it just like XM or Sirius. And, uh, and they say, great, I want it. All my friends have it. You know, I'd love to be able to bid bigger jobs and do it with less people. So I'm on board. I'll, I'll activate it when I get it right out the door. Um, and that's our vision. And, and that's where we're headed. And it, it's actually working out now. So our companies that are using it, um, we did subcontracting last year to some of the biggest, sorry, uh, all the land, smaller landscapers. We're working with the big ones now just because they got the R&D budget and they can foot the bill and they actually subsidize it for their branches, which is kind of cool. So if you're thinking about joining up with one of the big guys, that might be fun too. Got to sure. give them plugs. They're my favorite customers right now, my only. But um, when, when they subsidize that cost, it, it ends up being like a normal mower and then they can just reduce that crew size. So on the jobs where they're sending out three to four, they're taking it down to one and they're not firing that guy. Let's be absolutely clear. If I told my landscapers I was firing somebody, they'd be like, bull crap. I need all the people I got. And then some, you take that person, you put on another job, put them somewhere else, bid more jobs, enhance. We got to stop the bleeding though, uh, right now, because, you know, when I told some landscapers about this, they said, oh man, this thing's going to take my job. And I said, listen, uh, this actually takes the job of that guy that doesn't show up. You know, the one who comes in on, on Monday, right after, you know, uh, you know, not being there for a while and says, Hey, can I just, I'm kind of hung over. I need to ride the mower today and, and, and doesn't show up after payday. And they said, Oh, that's Tyler. And I, no offense to the Tyler's out there. Sorry, Tyler's. But, and I said, yes, that it replaces Tyler. And they're like, Oh heck yeah, we need, we need a lot more of those Tyler's, but more reliable. They're like, yeah, I'll take one. So that's where we are. And that's what we do. So think about it that way. High teens for the mower and then 12 grand a year for the robotic worker. So with that in mind, then, uh, understanding that currently you've got primarily kind of the larger size uh, uh, contractors that you're working with right now, bringing that down to to some of the uh, the uh, businesses that might be listening to this podcast uh, that are a little bit smaller, what is uh, what what is their ROI then once you make that investment? I mean, how? Uh, where it is a little bit more than they might normally be spending on a mower, and then there's that 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 twelve thousand. Does that well, 12000 really kind of make up for itself just based on the labor savings? Yeah, I mean, think about it. Um, just doing the rough math, and this is how our customers think about it. Um, you know, California, the country of California, notwithstanding where labor costs are just atrocious. Uh, and Florida will soon be this way, I, I believe, uh, based on what I'm hearing. But if you think about it, um, it costs about thirty-six to seventy grand for a worker, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, just, just you know, e even if you account for some seasonality, I mean, what do you do with them if you're going to be seasonal? I mean, like what everybody would love, I believe, would be to have workers who want to work and want to show up and want to fit with my mission. If I'm a landscaper, I want to make beautiful lawns and have happy customers. And I want workers who want to get on board with me. And if they do, like, let's go. Um, it's, it's tough to find them. Uh, they, I, I don't know where they are. They don't exist, uh, you know, and, and with the C H2B seasonal and all the stuff that's going on there, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, 
But if they're not there, that's 36 grand a year that I just, if I had it, I could make margin on that and as a landscaper. And so if, if you told me that you could pay a little bit more for the mower uh, and you can amortize that cost, you can lease it, you can do whatever you want. We can, we're going to get that down. I 100% agree with that. And that cost will just go down as some of your uh, previous guests have alluded to on this robotic side, sensors are going down and, and you better believe uh, right right now has got their procurement team on it. And so they're making calls to Intel and all them and are, the numbers we're talking about, you know, not to get crazy with you, but we're going to start to get volume because Wright's doing it now. So um, the volume costs will go down, the sensors will go down. So if you think a little bit more for the mower, and then you're talking about 12K versus 36K, that's that's a 3X savings right there. And you know, tell me what you want to do with, what would you do with an extra 24 grand to bottom line for, for you know, a, a season? I'd, I'd hire more workers, uh, what I'd do if I were you, or, or maybe, I don't know, buy my wife something nice. Who knows? Either one. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So would the ultimate goal then be to, for a contractor to have several of these mowers uh, you know, that are Green Z enabled uh, in, in their fleet? So they've got, when they're doing a lot of those larger properties, their their crews are going out to several of these and they're each just taking one of these green tea right mowers and, and setting it to go and and it's smaller crews doing that so they have then their other crew members that they have are either still helping with some of the trimming and stuff or they've switched to more being on that design build side you know and, and working on yeah. that that part of the business yeah, no, I think you've got it right. And again, we're just listening intently to our customers, you know, as we add more features to, to make it enable more and more job sites. But, you know, to be completely honest with you, the job sites it works really well on are large open flat areas somewhere where you really would have. And, and, the, and the crews that we're sort of looking at um, where we are taking and putting this these one or two mowers on the truck. Uh, where they're replacing out like a 60 inch on, or a 72 inch on the on the truck that are like the mow crews uh, where they're like oh hey this is a big property it's 60 acres you know there's a mow crew like every week um, you know those are the ones where we can very quickly see the ROI um, again as I think uh, you know if you're doing postage size uh, you know neighborhoods uh, I think RoboMower platform as dumb as it is and as crappy quality as is still is a good fit um, for now. And by the way, our software hopefully will be on those one day. Uh, we've talking to a couple of people about that, but uh, and again, we build a software that just does auto striping without the boundary. So we'd love to put it on those, but yeah, for now that would be uh, the ticket. Um, and so one or two of those machines. And what's cool is we did that this summer. Um, a couple of job sites. I had one technician who brought out two, two mowers and, uh, it, it's fun because there's a video on our website. If you go to greensy.com, you can actually see two of them in the background and he, they're both sort of, he divided it in half. And so he's, and he's just sitting there like doing edging, weeding and took a picture or video of it. And we made it our background because it's pretty cool to have two of these. So yeah, I do see that that happening. And again, he can jump on one of them and, and go take care of a smaller property or, or area himself. Again, the mowers still work. Sure. I, I truly don't get how some of these other competitors are doing these big robots, uh, you know, how they get there, how they, they say you can load them in the truck and I'm, I just, I don't understand how that works. Are they like asking the robot to do it or I don't know. We'll, we'll see <laughs> how all that works. Sure. Sure. Well, and that's uh, in terms of uh, it, where it is just uh, still a, the regular mower that they can hop on and operate. So are you finding uh, with the contractors that you work with um, when they do the perimeter, are they doing some of that closer work to any oh, obstacles yeah. or first do they typically do that first and then do a perimeter and have the, the mower do the yeah. 
No, it's actually, that's a great question and it depends. So when we show up on site um, and we're doing some properties, we've gotten pretty good at it because we're, we've been our own customer. We've been eating our own dog food, which I think is you have to do. Um, and golly, we failed at it. Woo. Yeah, this last <laughs> season was pretty tough. Uh, you know, we'd, we'd show up and uh, our, our um, mower wasn't working and then we'd be already down a day and our subcontractors, our, our customers were really nice to us because they were having the same labor challenges. I remember texting one and being like, hey, I'm really sorry. Like we can't get out there today. And he's like, I'm mowing today too. <laughs> and I'm like, aren't you, uh, aren't you ahead of ops? <laughs> so he so said, anyway, he's like, yeah, I'm out doing, doing, doing seasonal uh, work. So, but yeah, so it, it is tough work. And, um, and I, and I even forgot the question cause I ramble too much, but, um, but yes, there is, what were you, what was the question there, Ryan? I, I was just asking about uh, the, the concept of when, when the uh, contractor shows oh, yeah. up to the perimeter, yes. do they end up doing some of that close-up work first, then set the perimeter and have it stripped? That's right. Yeah, you can do it one of two ways. Having done it ourselves, you can go out and you can, I mean, if you want to, the first thing you can do is set them over up striping. We actually encourage that. So sometimes, you know, if there's a big section or area, like just run around the boundary. And the reason you do that is also you're looking, you're seeing, you're picking up trash. You're going along the fence line. You're seeing what you need to do. And you can do that visually because you're riding and mowing the actual perimeter. And so you mow a big, as big continuous section as you want. You hop off, you hit mow, then you grab your edger, weeder, and you start doing that detail work. And the mower by that time is starting to stripe uh, and doing well. And at that point, you can either then choose to, and once it's done, it comes back to the start. And then you can go do that detailed work around the edges. The other thing you can do, which I have seen them do, is go and first take the mower and do all that edging work around and do all the trees and go around it. Cause we're just faster at doing that and right. they get there and then they hit map. Then they do the big section in the middle and then go. Um, and then in that case, you're, you, you do our sitting in the truck or doing something else. Um, you know, there is plenty of other work to be done on these sites. You know, sure. I think it's, be, I think as you alluded to, there's going to be a rethinking of it. If, if I don't have to pay somebody to drop basically, and I've seen it before because it happened with us, they would drop us off, you know, at one area and be like, all right, you're mowing, you know, for as long as possible today. Um, I think we can start to rethink that too. And I think as well, it'll also help with uh, labor issues where we're trying to attract more people into the field. I think, you know, if we upskill people and say, hey, you're a robotic technician now, you know, and by the way, this is an easier job, uh, you know, and you can still make the lawn look beautiful and you're not doing the repetitive motion of just sitting on the mower or standing and doing this back and forth, but let the mower do that repetitive, you know, part. And so you can be doing the more creative work that actually makes the property look good and your customers happy and all that other stuff that goes into the job that nobody talks about or does, or really does a really good job of. Uh, I have uh, watched a, a couple of your videos and, and, and as I recall, uh, one, of the, one of the things that you like to highlight is even just uh, the way you've got the mower doing, the, doing its turn to keep those stripes nice and clean. Could you yeah. talk about that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, so we've, uh, the master, uh, we've actually had to watch Ed Wright and some of his team who uh, do the best zero turn. He's actually got a couple of videos on how to do a proper zero turn. And so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know this two and a half years ago, three years ago when I started this company, like I was just like, Oh yeah, just, you know, zero turn it. And first time I did it, you know, like customers were like, uh, you just rutted the grass, bro. Uh, and so, uh, I, I had to, had to, had to learn. And so what we did was we programmed into the robot, a, a zero turn, which is you go and what ours does is a half Y turn. Cause we can actually be more efficient, which is pretty cool. Um, cause the real, the robot never gets tired and it does the exact same thing every time. So what right. it does is it goes up and it, uh, it, and it, we, you, that's one of the reasons you mow the boundary is so it has an area to turn around in. Okay. It goes a little bit to the left and then pivots. Both wheels start turning at the same time and then it shoots. 
And so there is a, a very more kinematic model that we probably will add one day where it goes up and then backs and then does that back up and then the Y turns, so you get that momentum. That one is probably ideal and also good if you have more weight on the mower, like a person. Um, sure. But again, ours doesn't, you know, ours can do that. And because we, we, we never actually turn both wheels without doing it. It never sort of pivots one and does it. And that's just been programmed in. And once we did it, um, you know, the robot just does the same thing every time. It, 6 p.m. it doesn't get tired and be like, ah, screw it. I'm just gonna, you know, rail this 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 lawn because nobody can care. It sure. literally does the same half wide turn every single time. Okay. Well, that's that's that, been fun. And that plays into what you said before as far as uh, why you're doing the perimeter each time is because there might be areas where there is some water collected or something or, or it's, yeah, it happened to us all season. Yeah. Yeah. So you or, might, or you, you don't need to avoid that. So you won't even with that clean turn, you still could in a muddy area, you could still rut something. So you want to avoid that. And maybe yeah. that's where you're just doing a bit more basic cleanup, but the rest of the striping can be done by, by the robot. So. Totally. And, and, you know, the, the hard part that we're actually dealing with that a lot of us in this field who are doing this uh, don't want to talk about is slopes. Uh, slopes are tricky. I'm going I'm to be honest with you, our, our mower is so dumb. Uh, if, if there's a little bit of a slope, we can handle it. But if it's, if it's a pretty big slope and you have a turn on it, our mower turns incorrectly. It'll turn down the slope, which is bad. And I've seen it do it because we've done a bunch of field work. And so we try and stay away from those. Like we're not, we're not doing highway berms yet. Uh, that is on our roadmap and we'd love to get there. We don't have the kinematic model for it, meaning like our mower, again, will take the same turn every time regardless of it. We do have a sensor on there that's very exact, so we can tell the slope and incline of the mower, but we aren't using that to determine the turn yet. We will, for sure. Okay. So what is, I, I guess uh, that, that's a perfect place to go then is, what is the future for Green Z? What's, what, what is the next step? Yeah, well, we're in this for the long haul. Um, our big mission, as I said, is to free us humans from the repetitive outdoor labor parts. And we're starting in the green industry. Um, I, I understand we're going to have to move to snow here soon. Uh, talking to uh, Ryan this morning about his, his snow and, by, uh, and negative degrees. I'm down here in Atlanta, so we don't get snow and we do a lot of work in Florida. So I, 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 we'll, we'll get there soon. Um, but yes, our big mission, and we'll do it for as long as possible, is, is to help reduce that cost of labor in the lawn maintenance. And we're going to do it uh, as long as it takes. Um, so right now, just getting real specific with you, though, we are doing small private fleet rollouts for the largest landscapers. Um, you know, they have the operational uh, R&D budgets to be able to, to subsidize the cost of the mower and be able to do the programs. And uh, they got enough, um, I guess I can make fun of them, they got enough spreadsheets to really know if it works or not, and they're going to help us do it. Um, and while they've wanted to, you know, go exclusive and buy uh, a thousands, uh, we've kept them to just a thousand uh, or two. And uh, so we will be eventually uh, able to go into the mid market um, and smaller markets for sure. We are ramping up production and you better believe Wright can put a mower off the line every seven minutes. And, um, you know, notwithstanding some of the, uh, you know, shortages that all manufacturers are going through right now with supply chain. I won't get into that. I'm sure you're, you're going to hear that in your podcast, I guess, but uh, it is a tough market out there. But for sure, when we get through that and, and we're able to do that, I don't see a reason why we could not expand uh, beyond that. So I, again, I'm an engineer, so I can't lie to you. Uh, this, this season, we're all sold out, uh, completely sold out. Um, and we kept it small intentionally so that we can get it right. So we are doing, again, these small private fleet rollouts for the largest landscapers, but um, I'd love sure. to take, take a pre-order. I just, you know, I, I, I know the labor crisis is big, so I'm not going to ask for any money from any of my landscapers. It's, it's penny pension time right now to try and get through this. I, I know that. Also, I'm venture back, so 
hope my investors aren't listening, but I'm using all their money to make sure this works. Uh, you know, we're subsidizing it. We're, we're gonna make sure it works and, and we're raising, you know, it's been thankfully pretty easy for us to raise because they know it's a big problem and we're going after it the correct way. And so, uh, yeah, we'll use their money to, uh, to, to make, make you guys some money for as long as we can. Uh, and I'll keep doing that, but yeah, small private fleet rollouts. And then after that, who knows? So I, what I tell people is 2022, uh, for sure. You, you, you may be able to walk into a dealer and see, see a right mower, but again, I'm engineer. So, uh, you know, don't trust anything I say, I, I try and keep it above board. And that, and that was going to be, be my question is, is what, if you have a time frame as to when that, uh, that small to mid market, uh, contractor might be able to see one in a, in a dealer and, and where it would be a little bit more available than it is. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And, and again, we, we are, we're from the Southeast, but we are doing, uh, some stuff all around. And I, uh, I told my wife who actually suggested the idea that we do a road trip. She, uh, wants to jump in the, the truck or the RV and, and tow one around. Cause we have fun doing that. And, uh, so we might do a road trip. Uh, I just got a request yesterday from a landscaper in Oregon who wants to demo. So I told her this morning, she said, let's go. So, uh, I, I think they're still under snow, but, uh, too, maybe, or definitely cold up there, but we'd love to. Um, so I, I would love to do demos and, and help everybody understand this technology because it is a, a slight shift. Uh, there is a, a tiny bit of training, not that much. You can go look at our videos. We actually just, just yesterday re reduced our mower down to two buttons, uh, mow or excuse me, map and cancel. That's all there is. It's, it's really that simple. Um, and we'll keep it that way. Maybe you get it down to one or zero in one day. That would be awesome. I think the best interface is no interface, to be honest with you. Sure. But, um, yeah, so we're, we're going to keep working. Our software will continue to get better and better. Our software will will also always be be, be on smaller, smaller platforms, maybe on other platforms like fertilization, um, you know, snow blowing, that kind of thing. We'd love to see it. But for now, very focused on that. If you are interested, I would say go to our website. There's a bunch of people in line before you, um, but uh, get in line on the uh, on the demos and the and the pre-launch list um, and fill it out. And follow us on Instagram. Instagram is probably our best channel. We post a lot there. Uh, Twitter's, you know, we do a lot of technical stuff, and we're also on LinkedIn and Facebook. But Instagram is a real fun one for us. We post a ton of stuff. We go live. You know, we answer questions. We're kind of always trying to tell landscapers where we are. I think that's a better way to operate. Just be upfront. So my mama told me, they said, she said, you know, if you're just honest all the time, you never have to remember what you told people. So I try, try and be pretty honest where we are and what we're doing. Perfect. All right. So uh, with all that said, in, from, from your point of view and just, I mean, even if it, if green tea is the answer, uh, robotics is the future of landscaping. I think so. I think, you know, I, I'll caveat that though. I, I actually believe that people are the future of landscaping. I, I don't want to be weird or anything, but people with robots. I, I have this different take. I think a lot of people see technology and they just assume that it's just uh, this amazing shock that's just going to replace us all. And it's just never been that way. I mean, I mean, yeah, there, there might be some small ones, but like, you know, that's just the sort of uh, shock factor in all us that wants to believe. I mean, hell, when the iPhone first came out, it, it actually didn't even have an app store. It couldn't do copy paste. A lot of people forget this. Um, you know, it's used to crash, you know? And so like, you know, uh, now it does everything. Uh, and, but everybody assumes they're like, oh yeah, of course it always did everything. It's like, no, I mean, eventually we'll look back and be like, oh yeah, cars just started self-driving themselves. It's like, no, they started with lane assist. We, first we had cruise control, then we had lane assist. Then we had sort of like summon, then we had like some, a little bit of self-driving. That's, that's how it will always work. So it will be a slow creep. So I believe the future of landscaping is people, but it's people enabled with technology. I think the landscaping industry has been ignored with some of the robotics and self-driving. I think it's funny that we just got like CAN bus on our mowers. 
And CAN bus is the protocol that cars have had for, you know, since the 80s or whatever, which enables the self-driving. So now we got it. So let's do it. Let's use it. I mean, so, you know, I think it's been ignored for a little while. Uh, again, going back to it, I think people enabled by technology, technology that will, will help them do you know, all the mundane, repetitive, all those tasks so they can get back to being, you know, do, the reason why they probably got in this business in the first place, so they can build beautiful lawns and then go home and play with their kids and do music and drink beer. I mean, robots can't do that yet and they're not good at it and they probably never will be, but humans are. Let's do it. Sure. All right. That's my well, take. That's all the time we have today. Thanks again to CBQ for joining us today on the Grassroots Podcast. Be sure and tune in bi-weekly for another Fresh Cut episode of the Grassroots Podcast on greenindustrypros.com. Thank you.